This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, here with another No Guilt Mom win. So if you have ever gotten sick, and I mean, who of us really hasn't gotten sick in this past few years, and the sickness just takes over your body, and then you get really nervous about getting back to your usual routine, getting back to exercise because of how sick you felt. That is what we're talking about today with our balance member, Pam, who experienced that exact thing. And uh, I'm going to let you hear Pam's story. So welcome, Pam, to the podcast. Hi, Joanne. (laughs) I'm so happy that you're here. And let's get into it right away. And tell me about when you got sick this year. Almost from the beginning of school, I teach in the Northeast. So I start in September. and almost like October, November-ish, I started getting what I thought was like a sinus infection. And then I ran into a cough. I missed parent-teacher conferences for the first time because I had some sinus infection. But then I was coughing so badly. My husband told me I had to go to the doctor. Yeah. It was not, did not give me a choice. Not that I wouldn't have gone, but we went and I ended up having pneumonia. Interestingly enough, the doctor didn't see it on the x-ray. That's how small it was. But I'm going to tell you that I was sick from probably November till, and I was diagnosed in December, but I was sick until probably the middle of April. That's crazy. When you said October, November, I had no idea it was that long, actually, that you were sick with pneumonia. Yeah. I don't know if it was pneumonia that whole time, but I had like sinus infections, which is part for the course, especially because this really was the first year that we weren't wearing masks Mm -hmm. and we all 
thought, oh, all of us are going to get sick because you know our immunity is down from wearing masks and covering everything. Yeah, I, I could totally relate to that because every little thing like we've brought home, I think since the end of 2021, maybe it's been, oh, we're just getting sick. We're still getting sick. So of course you just brush it to the side. Till it got so unbearable. I went in beginning of December, probably it might've been the end of November. It was around then. And they told me just to stay out of work a week, but I had an emergency inhaler that mm-hmm. I would use anytime I needed it. I even apologized to my, you know, I'm a teacher, so I apologized to my classes when I had to do it, but there were times I was short of breath in the middle of the day and I just had to take care of myself. If it wasn't for my husband who did everything else, I would have cried. And I'm still like sleeping <laughs> a yeah. lot because I'm still so tired. And it's still like one of those things that, I think it just takes longer. And the interesting part, it's still considered a mild case. No, pneumonia is crazy. Like it takes so long to recover from it. And you said something really interesting about how long you've been sick and how your husband has been taking over. Because I know that it's a theme that comes up a lot. I know with women and women in our balance group too, how we feel this guilt for being sick for so long did you feel that way these past like few months in the past year that you've been sick? My husband does a lot in general, yeah. but my husband cooks most of the time. I only cook once, maybe twice a week. Mm-hmm. You guys have an equal partnership in the home because I know that some people, maybe when you were listening to Pam's story and you're like, my husband cooks most of the week, you might've said in your head, oh, that's nice. No, that's not nice. That is how it is supposed to be. <laughs> that is exactly an equal partnership right. in the home and is what we should expect from and our it's partners. Not, you know, and like when people say they're babysitting, the husbands are babysitting their yeah, kids. No, no. Nope. Equal parent. <laughs> that is our new, like it's our baseline. That is baseline. Yeah. <laughs> that is not extra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, through working with you in balance that you were really intent on getting an exercise routine in because you had your Pilates that you were doing. I I was working out at home because the place that I normally work out at the Y, they were doing a lot of renovations. Mm -hmm. And with my breathing issues, probably wasn't a good idea to go back there at that time. But additionally, I was afraid to do cardio. And walking was the struggle. Not, not the walk, active walking, but like the breath, breathing walking. And there were times that we had to stop when we go places, even when I was cleared for work, mm-hmm. that I just had to stop and take a breath. But yeah, that was my anxiety. I was very anxiety ridden to get back on that. <laughs> and you were trying to get on a treadmill, right? At first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like the elliptical better. You were not able to get on the elliptical because you were afraid about the breathing and how you would be breathing. And you talked to your doctor too about this fear of breathing, of not fear of breathing, but fear of exercising. <laughs> and what did your doctor say about it? He said it's very common after that, but I'm trying to take care of it. I'm trying to like lose the weight that I gained while I had it, all the stuff that goes around along with it. And cardio was just the hardest, definitely. So what was the change that helped you get over that fear of getting on the elliptical? 
I feel like the encouragement from the group and your encouragement really helped me because um, I will say this is the most supportive group of women I have ever met in my life. Like people will reach out if they see something and we're like all together and there's no judgment ever. And I've never seen that in any group. I love that you say that about balance. That's exactly the kind of atmosphere I dreamed of creating with it. Yeah. When you were doing your contest and (laughs) I was recommended for the story for balance. balance And I was like, like, really? (laughs) Because I don't think of myself that way. You know what I mean? And just everyone is willing to help each other. And that's, it's a very special place. It really is. I love it. I love it. It's like a love bomb in there. Yeah. I, I try to recreate the environment that was created for me when I was a camp counselor by our camp director. And like those <laughs> two summers, it was all women. And we had this saying that, have you gotten your one of your 14 hugs today? Because in camp, it was like 14 hugs a day. And so you would just have people come up and like hug you and take care of you. And it was like the whole staff without any competition. And I believe that that's how most people should be and they should flourish like that. So oh, yeah, that's exciting. So where are you right now in terms of the cardio? Yeah, I'm doing um, half an hour twice a week. And that's huge. That's huge. Yes. For <laughs> yes. Congratulations, Pam. I'm so proud of the work that you've put in and your progress in it. And if you're listening right now and you're getting over something and finding it hard to get over that hump to do it. Uh, you might just need a little support and encouragement from those around you and the belief that, yes, you can do it and you can get back to where you were after sickness or even giving yourself grace through sickness. So remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. And I will talk to you later. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 